Hello, my love. Welcome to the Lounge of the Single Women's Society. I'm holding the door open. Come on in and take a seat. I have a very special guest who is joining us in the lounge today. But before I do her intro, if you're brand new to the show, welcome to the Single Women's Society. I am your host and founder, Kat Cantrell. And just by being here, you're automatically a member. So welcome. Let me just give you a little bit of the lowdown. Our goal here at the Single Women's Society is to first celebrate you and your beautiful singleness. Second, to help you build that confidence when it comes to finding love, to help you build that confidence when it comes to dating and dating relationships, to help you understand what you are deserving of both in your life and in your love life. So thank you for being here. And again, huge welcome. I'm so honored to have you here today. All right, ladies. My guest, I, so my guest and I were connected and instantly we had a connection. We are so like-minded. Her message and her vision is very, very similar to what we do here at the Single Women's Society. And I, her story needs to be shouted from the rooftops, <laughs> Not only of who she is and what she does, but also her journey, her story, because it's such an inspiration and it can give you all so much hope. So I would suggest to really, I really want you to focus on this, on this guest and on this interview today, because there is a lot of really good, valuable tidbits and advice that she gives to you. So I really, I want you to take, I want you to any point in time during throughout this, throughout this interview, stop and pause it and take notes because she, she has such incredible advice and words of, of encouragement to provide to all of you. So let me introduce you to her. So her name is Laura Benke and Laura is a women's empowerment coach, speaker, writer, and host of her own podcast, which is called the Life Actually Podcast. She is, she was a reporter, a sports reporter and anchor for 16 years and went through her own journey of realizing that she wasn't living her truth, that she was portraying a part of herself, that she was trying to be perfect. She was trying to fit into the mold that everyone wanted her to. And she stepped away and has built this incredible life for herself. Her podcast is so unique because she interviews women about happiness, about what it's like to be a successful woman in today's day. And women from different backgrounds, from different experiences, different ages. And I, it's such an honor. It is truly such an honor to have Laura here to share her story with all of you. So ladies, grab your drink and sit down and help me welcome Laura Benke to the Single Women Society. Well, Laura, 
Thank you so much for being on the Single Women Society podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, Kat, I am so thrilled to be here. When when you and I connected, I just knew it was meant to be. We align on so many things, and I'm really excited for this conversation. I'm really excited to have this conversation as well. I, you, you and I were discussing prior to the recording of this episode, we were talking about how it's really difficult in the work that we do to find other women who are like-minded, who teach the same philosophies when it comes to finding love. And when, when we were talking to one another, we were trying to, so just so our listeners, so we're trying to map this out on how exactly we wanted to introduce each other to each other's audiences and the best way to do that. And, and Laura, your story, I just feel is so not only with the work that you do and what you do for women, but also you just, your own personal story is such an inspiration. And I think especially now women have a tendency and I'm sure you find it the same where they're losing hope when it comes to love. And I feel that your story is one of hope for, and it can give a lot of inspiration to a lot of our listeners. So, um, I'm just so excited for this interview. So are you ready? Should we get started? Yeah, I am. I am. Thank you for saying all of that. I appreciate it. (laughs) So let's go ahead. We'll just dive right in. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and what do you do? So we'll just start with that. All right. Well, excuse me. I I do want to say when you, when you talk about my story, giving hope to kind of put some context into all of this, we'll we'll get into all of the details. Yes. 10 years ago, for sure. Heck, even seven years ago, six years ago, I never thought of my story as being one of hope Mm. because I was in such a place of, of struggle and of questioning why my life wasn't going the way I thought it was supposed to go, why it didn't look like everybody, well, what felt like everybody else's life. Um, And so now that I can see hope in this, I can see that, you know, the way that we get so focused on how things are is not the way they're going to be forever, you know, and that is such a, a, such an important thing, I think, to remember for all of us at all stages of our life. Um, So I'm kind of a, uh, in my like second professional career life. Uh, my, my first professional career life, I was on TV. I was a sports anchor and reporter for 16 years, uh, worked all over the U.S. and in various markets. My uh, last market was New York City. I was there for seven years before I got out of the business. And, you know, I loved it. I, I loved sports at the time. Now I don't really care anymore, but I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I loved the idea of being in a male-dominated world, having to make my way as a woman and and really kind of pave the way in, in, in certain areas, even though some incredible women had done far more work before me that allowed me to be able to come into that space. Um, but, you know, TV... It is so much about appearances. It is so Mm. much about image. It is so much about, and, and this was for me, everybody is different in the way that they, they handle this. But for me, I had this idea of perfection and, and this persona that I needed to put out, like I couldn't screw up in any way. I I certainly couldn't screw up in, in my reporting. I couldn't make, I was so always so afraid of making a mistake, which Mm. happens. We're human. Right. We, we make we make mistakes sometimes. We say the wrong word. We say the wrong stat. 
as a woman in that industry, I always was so scared of making a mistake because I thought everyone would be like, oh, she's a woman. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Why, why is she even doing this? when I just made a mistake, you know? So it, there was just so much pressure about how I was supposed to be living my life. And that was on camera. I then also took my off-camera life too and thought, well, that has to be perfect too. I have to have this image that I'm putting out there. I can't, I can't be single. I can't have never had a boyfriend. I can't, mm. and, and those were all of my truths. You know, I was 35 when I met my husband and he was my first relationship. And uh, that was probably my biggest secret and also my biggest fear that people would find out that I had never had a relationship because I had been told by society in so many ways that if you don't have a relationship into your 30s or or heaven forbid beyond, well, then there must be something wrong oh. with you. And so that was a message I had internalized for so many years, which just it was yeah. exhausting trying to be this perfect TV version of myself. And when I did meet my husband, you know, I was able to kind of let some of that guard down, or at least I was able to kind of start looking at things from a different perspective because I had, I was in a different place mentally. I was becoming more accepting of who I had been before I met him. And um, I started thinking, do I really want to be doing this? Do I really want to be talking to guys about stats that, that don't really matter to me? Um, mm -hmm. And the answer was no, it, it wasn't. I, I wanted to talk to women. I wanted to be able to talk to women about the things that I went through and the things that I struggled with because I, you know, I knew once I did finally start with a few friends or a few people that one, one in particular was a woman my husband worked with. And I started telling her my story and she was, you know, she's about 10 years younger yes. than me and she was single and she was like, oh my gosh, your story gives me so much hope. And I was like, what? It does? <laughs> because it felt hopeless for so long. She's like, no, no, I need to hear this. People need to hear this. Just, yes, just the story of do. what it's like to be single and that it's not, that it's okay, that it's not this like, phase that you have to get out of, that we have to only focus on getting out of. And so um, that is what got the ball rolling, which it, it's not like the ball just rolled down a hill and everything was totally steady from there. Like I had no idea what I was doing when I left TV. I just knew I couldn't do TV anymore. Uh, and I got out and was like, whoa, I had no idea how much of my own personal identity I tied into being a sports reporter. This is interesting. Oh my <laughs> like, wait, I always yeah. thought I was better than that. Like, oh no, 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 no. That's just my, my job. Oh no, it was my life. <laughs> it was totally my life. Uh, and so it took me some time to kind of work through things. I thought, well, I love fashion. Maybe I should be a fashion influencer. Well, that didn't exactly interest me once I once I kept going at it and then there were plenty of people who were doing it way better than I was and uh I started to I started on my fashion blog I started to write a series about when I was single and just sharing stories oh. just sharing some of the experiences I went through uh because I knew I knew if I had struggled with it if I had experienced it that others had to be as well and the very yes. first the very first um post I had in that series was admitting for the first time publicly that I had never had a boyfriend until I met my husband at 35 and a half. And mm -hmm. I, you know, 
it's not like this was going viral. Like there, there were not a ton of people reading this blog, but still I put it out on the but internet. But for you, yes. Yeah, it was huge. And so I hit publish yeah. and was like sweating <laughs> going, well, what oh now? People know, people are going to know. Are they going to think that I'm just like some, some, that there was something wrong with me? Because again, that's what I had always said to myself. And by the end of that day, and again, I didn't have a ton of people who were a lot of traffic on my blog. There weren't a ton of people who were reading this stuff. But by the end of the day, I had three separate women reach out to me. One, oh I kind gosh. of knew. Two, I had never met. And all three were like, I have never had a boyfriend. One was in their early 30s. One was in their late 30s. One was in their, I think it was like around 35. And all of them said, I, th I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one that had had never had any type of a relationship. And they're like, thank you. Thank you for writing this. It, it makes me feel like I'm not the only one. Right. And at that point, I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I was onto something. Yes. I knew that, that that meant so much to be able to connect with women on a level that actually, it actually matters. Yes. So eventually things happened. I kind of, you know, found my path and now here I am. I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm an, uh, I like to say I'm an expectation busting coach. Cause it's not just about single being right. single, those single women I work with a lot. And I, I have a very, very special place in my heart <laughs> for the single experience and the single life. Um, but also these ideas of you're supposed to have kids at a certain age, or you're supposed to have kids at all, or, you know, you're supposed to have your career completely figured out. You can't, you can't make a career transition in your late thirties. I was 39 when I launched my company, uh, and 40 when I started taking on coaching clients. So go back to 25 year old Laura, who would have said, Oh, you're way too late. Like that. You have to have everything figured out by that time. Um, and so there's all these ideas that society keeps handing to us about what we are supposed to do and what track we are supposed to take in order to have a happy and successful life. So that is the, it's those, those expectations are so inappropriate for so many of us. They just don't apply. Absolutely. So that, yeah. that's, that's what I do. I, I, I work with women as a coach, kind of helping them reframe their perspective uh, I'm not trying to help you find a husband or a life partner because there are so many things about that that are out of our control, but right. I, I do want to help you love who you are and what you're doing and, you know, whatever happens in the future happens. And, and I, I do truly also believe that if you want to find a partner, if that loving relationship is, is on your heart, is what you desire, that it's going to happen. I just can't tell you when. I know. I just can't tell you when. Uh, so what do we do in the meantime? How do we reframe the way we look at the life that we are currently living? So uh, I'm, I'm married now. We've been married for just over three years. I, I moved from New York City. We're in the suburbs in the Bay Area of California now. And uh, yeah, that's, and I'm, we are expecting our first child and I will be 40. I will be 42 when I give birth to my first child, which you want to talk about things I did not expect that <laughs> that would be one of them. But, you know, here we are. Here we are. 
So that was my long-winded answer to that question. Oh, it was perfect. <laughs> it was not long-winded. It was absolutely perfect. I have goosebumps, Flora. I, Aww. Uh, your work is so important. And I, I was just talking to a girlfriend of mine not too long ago. And part of, I think, of understanding what love is, is celebrating yourself. Mm. And I know that some women, they do become so wrapped up in societal expectations, especially now with social media. I mean, I'm 47, so I'm not, I were around the same age and I, mm -hmm. we didn't, in my twenties, I didn't have that. I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have Facebook. I didn't, ha I mean, I had pressures of family, but I certainly, yeah didn't have the pressures that it seems like women, single women especially have now to have that Instagram life, to have everything and to have the career and the relationship and the picket fence and the dog and everything else. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, it feels mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. she can't have the space that she needs to just celebrate her own greatness. Um, yeah. And I, you know, just listening to your story, my story is, is a little bit different. Um, I got married really young because that's what we did in my family. That was the pressure that I received. And so I got married really young and went through a really bad divorce with two small children. And even after my divorce, I was getting pressure. Like you're getting older, mm. your children are getting older. When are you going to find someone, you know, now you have baggage, now you have kids, <laughs> you know, you're going to have to find Ugh. that special guy who's willing to take you in and your two children. It was, it's, it, it does, it seems like it, it, we can't win no matter what stage of life yeah. we're in when oh. it comes to trying to find a partner that we can't. That's so true. Doesn't matter if you're in your twenties or if you're in your forties, if you've never had a relationship or if you've been through a couple of divorces, it's just like, there's a c continuous stigma on yeah. us, no matter what we do. Yeah. And it there seems is. like men don't go through that as much as we do from what oh. I can see. No, certainly not. Well, and what you just said too, about going through a divorce. So you did, you did find somebody, you did do what you were supposed to do and everything society exactly. said you were supposed to do. And yes. then when that ended you have people right away saying, oh, okay, well now you need to find somebody else. It's like, oh my goodness, is that, is that the only thing that we're supposed to be striving for is a right. relationship? And it's just so unfair. It is unfair. I, um, so let me, let me ask you a little bit more about your own story. So what was, what was your, so what was your breaking point to leave your career? Cause I think that that is a lot of, a lot of our listeners have careers that they're very serious about and that they're very passionate about. And I think that at some point in our lives, when we do have this awareness of being like, I feel like I'm being called to something bigger than me. Like, I feel like I'm being called to something greater than what I'm doing now. So if you don't mind me asking, what was that, what point did you reach where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm moving on from this. I'm not going to do this anymore. Cause it took a lot of, that takes a lot of courage, especially someone in your position who's having to, you know, you're in front of a camera all the time. You, you're a public figure. So yeah. Tell me more about that. Yeah. It's a, it's a great 
question. And, you know, I'd spent 16 years doing this and, and it's a career. I mean, all careers, you, you work your way up, but TV is so hierarchical as it works. You know, I started out in a teeny tiny town of like population 2000 people and worked my way up to New York City and had sacrificed so mm. much of my life in order to devote it to TV. And that that was my life. And so you get to this point now where you're like, well, were these 16 years a waste? Like what what was I doing? And, you know, I, I got to the point, I, I unfortunately am not able to go into specific details about my actual exit from TV, but oh yes, I, of course. what did happen was I, I started to realize that my values and what mattered mm. to me did not align with the experience that I was having in television, okay. um, really for women. And, and the, the opportunities that women had and the way we were treated and the way, the way we were viewed within that business, it, it wasn't fitting with what I saw for myself. Uh, mm. And I had spent so many years in this business, but I was, you know, well, it was, it was a maturity thing. The older you get, the more you, you life experience right. you have, the more you understand. But it was also, I wanted this so badly. I wanted to be a t on TV. I wanted, my goal was to make it to a network, which I, I never did. Um, but that I, I wanted, I wanted success. Like that to me was so important. And so I would do, I would do anything. I would do whatever the, you know, whatever the business was forcing me to do, which was, you know, sometimes, well, certainly working nights and weekends, certainly giving up all of my personal life, but also not getting opportunities that I thought I totally deserved for political reasons that were beyond my control. I just, I just accepted it. Um, and I, you know, I got to the point where I realized I cannot change the business. Mm. I cannot change the company I work for. I cannot change any of this. This is way too big. This is way too much. And, and I don't have that fight in me. I also don't have the capabilities, but if I can talk on an individual level with women. If I can help women individually feel better about who they are and what they bring to the table and what they offer, that's, you know, looking at it at this micro level mm -hmm. so that I can help women go out and maybe, maybe not uh, put up with some of the things that I right. put up with, maybe realize their value a little yes. bit more, both, both personally and professionally. And that to me was so much more appealing than anything mm. else. And being able to have those, those individual connections and, um, you know, yeah. Am I, am I, am I going to hugely change the world? No. How many of us ever have that opportunity though, you know? Right. Yeah. And so I had to stop looking at it that way and looking mm. at it more as well, what's, what is a realistic and, a, and something that makes me feel good in a way that I can, I can help other women. And I, I realized it, it took me a long time to realize this, but I spent pretty much my entire TV career trying to pretend that I wasn't a woman. My biggest, one of the biggest things that I hated was when people referred to me as a female sports reporter. I was like, no, I'm a sports reporter. Like, stop. Why do you have to have the female part in all? All I wanted was to blend in mm. because I had been taught 
and every of everything I had observed, the only way I could succeed in such a male-dominated TV business was to act like all the men. Mm. And I got to this point that I was like, wait a minute, but I, I am a woman. And that's, that's not a bad thing. That, yes. that makes me... That brings a whole unique set of skills and a perspective to this business that my male colleagues don't have. And so why am I fighting that? And so instead of trying to pretend I wasn't a woman to fit into this culture that I really didn't like, uh, it was time to stop. It was time to stop doing that. It was, no, I, I was a female sports reporter and I am not, I am damn proud of that. And none of us should have to feel like in order for us to be successful in any way, whether it is personally or professionally, that we have to fit somebody else's mold. Right. You are you again, both personally and professionally, just right. like you can't tell women, this is, there's one way to date to find your perfect person. Like you have right. to follow this set of rules. Yes. No. Absolutely not. You are an individual and I just, uh, I so badly because of the way that I did not champion women for so long or champion myself as a woman. It's so important to me now to be able to champion women in all walks of life and in all experiences that we don't have to hide the fact that we're women right. to be successful. We get, we should be able to embrace that and bring that in to to all the aspects of our life because that's who we are that's 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 what we bring i i have so many things to say i i don't even know where to begin <laughs> i would i would have to say you were when the way that you were talking about when you decided to leave your career you can take just that philosophy and you, and you kind of, you mentioned this, take that philosophy of knowing your worth, of knowing that you deserve more, of knowing that you, that this isn't a right fit for you anymore. I think that especially when it comes to when, you know, when single women are dating and they settle on the plan B's or they'll just settle to be in relationships just to be in a relationship. It's like women settling careers just to be, just to have this career uh, yeah. you understanding that you did deserve more and that this did serve you and able to, to have that courage to leave. And I think that if women just, and I think that that's, I mean, you and I, our work is so similar that part of our work is showing women their worth and having them understand their value and having to, having them understand what they are deserving of in all facets of their lives. And, um, mm -hmm. I, I just, what strength. I'm just, I admire you so much. Oh, I just, yeah, you. just what incredible, incredible work. And I have, I've always had this saying where it's not for me, it's the work that I do with women. If I can make an impact on her life and help her see herself the way that I see her, she changes her outlook on how she views herself. And then she's going to take that knowledge and she's going to share it with a woman in her life. Mm -hmm. So even mm -hmm. though we feel like we're not making a gigantic impact, like I feel our impact, the impact that we make is like little baby steps. Like we yeah. work with one woman and then she learns from, you know, she learns and, and, um, uh, 
gets more awareness of, of who she is and what she wants. And then she, since she, this newfound knowledge, then she shares it with her sisters or her friends or her daughters or it's, I think, yeah. I think there's not enough of us to go around, Laura. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And you know, that just reminds me so much of, uh, you know, one of the big things that I struggled with when I was single and, and really trying to accept the life that I mm -hmm. had was that you know, my, my parent, I grew up in a very loving household. My parents were married um, very happily until my father passed away mm -hmm. recently. And they always taught me that I could do whatever I wanted. My, I have a younger brother and the two of us were equals in their mind. You guys can do whatever you want. I wasn't, you know, they weren't telling me you have to go get married. You have to have kids. It was that, whatever made me happy. And so that's what I did. I, you know, I went out and I pursued this TV career and I, I, I worked really hard for all of that. And then around 30, when I was like, oh my God, I have this great job. I, I'm living in New York city. Everything is wonderful, but I'm miserable because I don't have, I feel like I'm a failure. And when I really started to think about it, I'm like, okay, my parents told me I, I could do all of this. But they met when they were 20. They got married at 23 and 24. My mom was 27 when she had me, which was late because they had had some tr trouble conceiving. So the only visual that I had of how a woman's life was supposed to go oh, well, yeah. was my mom's. And that did not match up with my own. So, you know, just as women, just by talking to each other, just by sharing what we're actually going through and the way our lives actually go, we are allowing so much more of, a, of an understanding and a realization that there are so many different paths and there isn't just that one that you maybe grew up with or that you saw on tv and uh, as a, a very good friend of mine was like you know what we have to peer mentor each other <laughs> yes yes absolutely so many of us do not have we did not grow up having that perspective and, and i hope now that that it is becoming more common for women to focus on different things and have different timelines that the next generation i have a four-year-old niece i certainly hope that as she grows up she will see what her aunt did she'll also see what her mom did which was a much more tr traditional route but she'll also she'll be exposed to more things but in the meantime for us of our you know of our age mm -hmm. We have to help each other out. We have to share what we actually went through. And the more you start to hear about other people's stories and experiences, the more it helps to make you feel a little bit better about your own. So you're so right. It's like a ripple effect. Yeah. You, you start helping a woman with her awareness of uh, and changing her perspective. And she starts sharing what she's actually going through. And like, let's spread some authenticity in the world. And yeah, that's I, I like that idea of, of that ripple effect. And I... I I, I think we've come leaps and bounds, but I do feel that there's so much more work that needs to be done. Ugh. And yes, one of the things that I have taught women is that women, even though I do believe that women seek out, not only do they, do they seek out friends, they need to seek out friendships with other women, but I feel that women need to give women permission to be themselves too, because mm. We do, just like you mentioned, I think that every woman has a story of her mother. Like we carry that yeah. around with us and we're like, and because yep. growing up, that was our role model. Like that was, we thought that's the example of what a woman is and what a mother is and how I'm supposed to be and who I'm supposed to be. And I feel that 
so many women, especially who haven't been in a relationship or haven't been married. And as they're heading towards some milestone age and they feel this pressure that's on themselves, that especially if you've had a mother that got married young or had children young, it's Mm -hmm. even though society is telling you that it's okay, I think it's getting better, right? Where it's like you do you and you pursue Mm -hmm. your passions and your dreams and, and what it is that you want, but still there is that, there is that weight of just, you know, our family's yes. expectations of us or that we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing because our moms did, did it this way. And now we're doing it this way. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just look at everything we celebrate as a society. We celebrate yes. engagements, yes. weddings, baby announcements, babies being born, next babies being born, job promotions. We, we celebrate, these are the things we celebrate. You know, we're not celebrating the single woman who lives by herself and just figured out how to fix her toilet when it broke, you know, or, yes. or the, <laughs> the single woman who just bought her own damn house. Like we're not celebrating those things. We yes. have this set idea of, of what it is that means, oh, she's, she's doing what she's supposed to do in life. Like let's, let's give her presents because she's, she's doing what she's supposed to do when, oh my goodness. I, I just, I was just having a conversation with somebody on my podcast who was talking about, she's like, what about when you get out of a toxic relationship, when you decide I deserve better than this, I need better than yes. this, I want better than yes. this. And you break up with somebody and everybody looks at it like, oh, you broke up with some, oh, that's so terrible. Oh gosh. Well, don't worry. You'll meet you'll somebody. You'll meet somebody. Like, oh yes. I, I want to celebrate the fact that I chose to walk away from something that was doing me harm. Right. Like, why can't we celebrate things like that? There are so many. And so, yeah. So of course, even though we're trying to change the message, we're trying to change all of these, these ideas that are being put into our heads, they're still is a very, very powerful force because it's been, it's been perpetuated for generations. I mean, this, this didn't happen overnight. Um, and so, yeah, it's just so easy. Even, even when we think, okay, I'm doing really well, I'm doing really well for myself. Then you see somebody else's engagement announcement or somebody else's baby announcement. And it's like, okay, I'm now I'm being reminded of all the things that I'm supposed to have, but don't when supposed to and should are all so, so subjective. And it's, so I, I, I put together these little events here locally, uh, for the single women's society. And part of as to bring single women together to not only talk about love and talk about, we will pick a topic every, every time. And we always end every meeting with a win. Like tell me, excuse me, tell me all of the greatness that's going on in your life. Like, yes, I know that you're on the search for love and I got you and we're here to talk about that, but (laughs) let's also talk about you. Like, tell me what, what amazing things happened to you this month? What are your wins? What are, what is, this is your time to brag because just like you said, like we don't, especially for single women, they, when they go home, it's themselves and it's, yeah, they can call their family, but they they don't have anyone else to brag all of their greatness to. And so I think it is really important for yep. single women to talk about all of their greatness that's going on in their lives, all of the celebration that they're having yes. for, or the celebrations that they want to have for their, whatever it is, whether it be a promotion or um, just like you said, get out of a toxic mm-hmm. 
relationship. <laughs> I think uh, when I got a divorce, I actually made myself a cake. Nice. Um, yes, and I brought it to work where I was like, I'm so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm celebrating that this is now over and you all can celebrate with me, but nobody yes. celebrates those very often, no. but I was, I was going to, I was, Good. I was, yes, I was, uh, it was, I was on a mission for that because <laughs> it was important. <laughs> um, so do you tell me a little bit more? So I'm going to go back to your story just a little bit. So mm-hmm. when you, when you met your husband and you had never been in a relationship before, what I agree with you, one of the things that drives me crazy is when people say not being in a relationship is a red flag. So if you've never been in a relationship, Ugh. it's a red flag. Ugh. I don't know who Ugh. I don't. And I feel, so I just recorded it. I just recorded an episode about online dating. And in my episode, I, said what you said, where I'm like, this is my opinion, but this isn't the end all be all meaning Mm -hmm. finding love. If it were something has worked for me, I'm going to share it with you, but it might not work for you. This might not work for you. Maybe something else is going to work for you. It's not, I'm not the type of coach that gets on there. It's like, you better do it my way or it's not going to work because that's not how it, that's not how this is. And just like if you've never, I mean, who to make such a blanket statement that just because you've never been in a relationship, it doesn't mean that you're not going to yep. be great at a relationship. In fact, you <laughs> could have all of that inside of you ready to give it to somebody, right? Yeah. yeah. So tell me more about when you met your husband, how did that, what was going on in your mind during that time so that other women, just like we were saying before, that they don't feel alone, that they know that these thoughts are normal and that, you know, the fear and that, cause one of the things that I work with women is they are confident in every area of their life, Laura. Yes. Other than yes. dating yes. and finding love. So mm-hmm. what was, what was going on in your mind at the, at that time? And then what kind of advice would you give a woman who's in your position as far as mm-hmm. putting herself out there and being vulnerable and being willing to jump in? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, as you just mentioned, having women who are so successful in so many parts Mm -hmm. of their life and then are, are just not feeling successful when it comes to dating. I mean, we can control so many aspects of so many parts of our lives and we have almost no control over dating. We can control how we show up and and our, our perspective and our attitude, but we can't make somebody fall in love with us. And so, you know, if you want that promotion, if you want to buy a house, if you want to go on a trip of a lifetime, like you can take all these steps to, to have that happen. But when it comes to love, so much of it is out of our hands. Um, you know, and I just, I, I didn't, realize that I, for so long, that's not how I looked at it. I looked at it as well. You can, you, you've had success. You've been able to figure everything out. Why can't you figure Mm. this out? And kept thinking, I kept applying the logic that I was using to get a new job to, to finding a boyfriend. And it's just, it's just not the same. Um, so I had had a, a string of experiences because they weren't relationships but you know you meet Mm -hmm. somebody i i always if i was attracted to him i was like okay well this is the one this has to be the one because i don't know the next time i'm gonna have a date so this has to be the one and so i was going into these first dates like okay i have to be everything he wants this has to be perfect because because if it's not him 
I, I'm only going to get older tomorrow when I wake up and the day after that. And like, oh my God, the stories that I told myself. And so I, I went out on not many dates, but a few dates with some really not so great men. But I told myself, no, 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 this is good. This is good. Like this is, I, you don't really know how it's supposed to go. You know how you want it to go, but that might not be, that might not be reality. So let's put up with this and thank God, these guys were terrible people and like ghosted me or walked away or whatever they did to break my heart at the time. Um, but I got to the point where I was like, oh my goodness, I, you know, I am I'm tired of this. I, mm. I am so tired of feeling this way, of having dating, making me feel bad about myself. Yes. Uh, and I, there was something that ha happened when I turned 35. It was a really hard birthday for me 30 I was okay with 30 35 I think I felt like 40 knocking on the door and 40 terrified me mm. um when I actually turned 40 I didn't care but but when I was 35 and single without kids without that life that I thought I would have right. 40 felt like that was the age the door would close on any of those things like these are the things I was telling myself because it's so not true um but 35 was rough. I, I went into a really dark place after 35 of just like, it's never going to happen. You're going to be alone for the rest of your life. Somehow you have done something to make it this way. And I don't even know what to do anymore. I don't know what to say to you. I mean, these were the internal dialogues that I was having. Um, and I finally, I decided a few months after turning 35, that I was, you know, in New York City, it was the middle of winter, uh, I needed a vacation. And because I was single, and because I worked in TV with a super weird schedule, I didn't have anybody to go with. So I was like, well, I'm going by myself. So I went to Mexico by myself to a resort. Uh, I had gone, I had done it before a few years prior. But that entire trip, I was like, I'm here alone. Poor me. I, I, I'm proud of myself that I'm doing this, but I'm alone. And I'm only here because mm. nobody wanted to go with me. And that... Uh, Oh, Laura, that I, I just want to hug that Laura. Aww, I want um, to hug her too. <laughs> but this trip was different. This trip, I was I was excited about this trip, and I mm. I got down to Mexico, and I was just so happy to do whatever I wanted to do. I could go to the beach when I wanted to, to the pool when I wanted to. I I was the type of person on that trip who I was up at like 6.30 or 7 every morning. I went and worked out, had my healthy breakfast, and then was the first person getting the best spot at the pool, uh, and then ordering my pina colada as soon as the bar opened. So you know, <laughs> it was, it was the, it was still my husband and I have traveled together. We've had wonderful times. It is still one of my favorite trips oh. because it meant so much to me. And it, it just, I got it. I, I allowed myself to get excited before it even happened. Mm. And what I, what, I, what I really realized now, what I started to realize when I came back from that trip was that was kind of a metaphor for my life. Yes. I... Mm. I had this idea in my head that the only future was one that involved a husband and children. Mm. I didn't know what my career was going to do. I didn't, I didn't know anything else. All I knew was that a future had to have those two elements to it. And so when I would fantasize about a future, as we all do, as we all think down the line, like what could our life look like? It right. involved 
a mystery man because I hadn't met him yet and yep. mystery children, but, but they were there. And when I really started thinking about it, like, okay, so that's the future you're allowing yourself to have in your head. You don't even have a boyfriend. So the reality that you control doesn't involve any of that. So, so the actual future that you have control over is blank. I was not giving myself any type of permission to envision a future that didn't involve that. So no wonder I was terrified. Yes. My future was a black hole. And so I, I, you know, I had this moment, I went to go visit my younger brother who had his first child at that point. He now has three. He did everything before I did, which, you know, being the older sister was always a little difficult, right. but I went out to visit him and his wife and their, their young baby at the time. And, uh, we had a wonderful visit. And one morning we were, they were in San Francisco at the time. And one morning we were walking around the Marina and grabs coffee on a, on a, just a gorgeous Saturday morning. And we were walking down the street and this older woman, probably in her eighties was walking towards us and we passed her. I don't know who she is. We didn't even make eye contact. Like I, this woman is complete, complete stranger, but she had the biggest smile on her face. And again, it was a gorgeous day. Just one of those days that you're like, oh, you can't help but be happy about life when it's this nice out. And uh, she walked by us and I, something in my head, like some little switch just flipped. And I was like, wait a minute, that could be me. Like what? Okay. So what if I don't have kids? My brother has, I have this nephew. I know I'm going to have more. They'll have more kids. What if I just become the best aunt ever? What if I, what if I actually move to San Francisco and get a house or an apartment in this gorgeous neighborhood? And what if I, what if I move to Paris? What if I like all of a sudden, like the floodgates opened and I allowed myself permission to create yes possibilities that that yes. I actually had control over and that was a game changer uh because to me that woman who walked by us who was in her 80s I'm like oh she's single she's single but look how happy she is like those th that that was a good story that I got to tell myself again I have no idea what her story was but I was like mm. that could be me I could just be spending a leisurely Saturday morning enjoying my own company on a gorgeous day, knowing my nieces and nephews are close by and I can go play Auntie Laura whenever I want to and be a part of their lives. And it was a, such a freeing feeling. Um, and so I decided at that point, cause I had been on, I'd been on match.com. I had not had success and mm -hmm. I was tired of it. It was causing me stress. It was really causing me stress because you, you know, you online date and you think, well, okay, I should be going on X number of dates a week if, I, oh, if I'm I really know. trying hard, or I should be making this type of a connection or all yes. of that. And it was just stressing me out. And so I, I came home from San Francisco and I, stuff just started changing in my head and my views of things. I did not wake up and everything was perfect. Like, believe me, uh, things are still not perfect. Things will never be perfect. Yes. Uh, but I was like, the ball was rolling. And I started, I was giving, like I said, I was giving myself this permission to have possibilities in my mm. future. And uh, I, I had like a month left on my match subscription. I was like, I'm just going to let this roll out. I don't care. Uh, I don't want to be on this app. I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be doing this anymore. And 
One day I was sitting at uh, Madison Square Garden. It was before a Rangers playoff game, a hockey game. And, uh, you know, for for those who don't know anything about TV, it is a lot of hurry up and wait. You're either rushing to get something done or you're sitting on your hands waiting and waiting and waiting. So in this case, we were waiting and waiting and waiting for the game to start. And I was bored and I checked my email and I, you know, match, I have no idea how, how it works now, but at that time match would send you your daily matches. And there was just an email that I had been deleting every day. I was like, eh, I got time. I got time. So I opened up the email and there, there's my husband. Um, the person who is now my husband. And uh, he, <laughs> I had never seen him before, probably because I had some very rigid standards. I did not want anyone who had been married. I did not want anyone who had children. And I had reasonings for that. I, I wanted to go through those things for the first time with someone who was sure. going through them for the first time. But I was, you know, I was also cutting myself mm -hmm. off potentially to some opportunities. Well, he, he had divorced written on, on his profile. And I was like, oh, uh, I don't, I don't know. Also, I'm really kind of over this anyway. Uh, then I, then I realized he was British. I was like, well, but that accent, that's nice. So <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Maybe. So I ended up messaging him because, because I was on TV at the time I was doing online dating without a picture which oh, is yes. a whole other story that we could get into. Um, <laughs> so I reached out to him and a lot of times, that was a really good weeding out process when you don't have a picture and you reach out to somebody um, in a very nice and respectful way and oh, trying yeah. to explain to them why you don't have a picture. Right. Their response is incredibly telling. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of guys were just total jerks about it. So I was like, thank you. Thank you for saving me the time of thinking that you might be a nice person. Right. Uh, but, but I reached out to him and he responded right away. This was about, a few days after I, I saw him for the first time, um, we went out. I ended up eventually asking him out because I got tired of waiting. And so like 10 days after yeah. we started talking, we went out for the first time. And that was about six weeks after my trip to San Francisco. Um, but and, and again, I, I kind of like I, I, I like that tidbit, but I also hate it a little bit because I don't want to make it mm. seem like. Well, once you do this, this, and this, just like I did, six weeks later, you will meet your oh, husband right, or your sure. partner or whatever. That right. is just the way things worked out for me. But I truly believe that when I walked into that bar for our first date and I sat down with him and we had our first conversation that he is the first man I ever dated who met the real Laura. Because I was finally in a place mm. where I was much more comfortable with the real Laura. And I entered, I entered that date not yes. thinking, oh my God, this has to be the one because I don't know when I'm going to date somebody again. And this, this just, this has to work. And instead I was like, well, right. at the very least, I'll have a glass of wine and I'll listen to a British accent. Like those are my expectations for this, for this date <laughs> and whatever else happens, happens. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, we sat there for six hours that first date. It, it went really well, but, but it also was, I didn't leave the restaurant going, that's the man I'm going to marry. Not at all because I had yep. done that before. Oh my God. I'd done that after first dates. Yes. And it was never tied to the reality of the situation. It was me creating this story in my head because I wanted it so badly. Uh, and I almost broke it off with him 
before our third date, which had nothing to do with him, absolutely nothing to do with him. He was, he was wonderful. He was saying all the right things. He was, he was giving me my space, letting me kind of decide how, how quickly I wanted things to move. And I just started thinking, you know, I'm okay with being single. Like I really, I'm really okay with this life that I have and the potential life that I have down the road. Do I really want to get involved with a guy who could totally break my heart and mm -hmm. then maybe set me back because I'm finally where I wanted to be. Like I, and I don't, mm. I don't know how precarious my situation is. Like if he does break up with me, am I going to go all the way back to where I was? Um, and I walked into that, that restaurant on that third date uh, and I saw him and there was just this feeling inside of me that was like, no, I want to, I, I want to keep seeing him. I just, mm. uh, and that was it. And that was it. And we were, we were pretty serious pretty quickly, but in terms of the never having had a relationship, I had been pretty burned by that in the past. Um, mm. I have always been a very forthcoming, honest person when it comes to people I'm face to face with, not when I was on TV in terms of my personal right. life, but right. when right. I was with somebody face to face, I really liked to tell people who I was. And so I had a habit of, uh, and I also was always so worried people were going to be concerned by the fact that I had never had a relationship. So I felt kind of like, well, I should disclose it immediately. Like, hi, I'm Laura, asterisk, never been in a relationship. Make sure you're okay with that going forward, which when it came to, when I actually met my husband, I was like, you know what? It doesn't, well, it matters if he's okay with it, because if he's not like, I'm, I'm out of here, this doesn't matter. But also like, that's not who I am. That does not need to be in the definition of Laura. Yes. Like, I'm going to let you get to know me. And, and then if it comes up that I've never had a relationship, it comes up and we can talk about that. But that is not what I'm leading with. Um, cause I had had a situation about a year prior to, to meeting my husband where a guy had just completely like jumped on the fact that I had never had a relationship and just kind of got it into his head. Like, Oh, well I want to be the first. He didn't like me. He didn't like, Oh, that was that was miserable. I'm um, rolling my eyes, by the way, to our yeah. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, yeah, this, this dude ghosted me oh. after like trying to get me to say he was my boyfriend, which he, he never, we were not in a place for that to have been the truth. And then it was like gone, just gone. And so I, you know, at that point I'm like, it's nobody's business. It is yeah. absolutely nobody's business that I have never had a boyfriend. And it's, it's just, we don't need to talk about it. So I made it pretty clear with my husband when we first started dating. I was like, I don't want to talk about your past relationships. I don't want to talk about my past relationships. I want us to get to know each other. These things may come up at times. We, it's not that we can never talk about them, but we're not, I, I refuse to sit here and, and rehash both of our past love lives. And you know what? That was right for me. That's not right for everybody. Right. Uh, he was more than okay with that because mm -hmm. he had come out of a of a relationship he would have preferred to forget uh and we just let our relationship progress in how we were getting to know the person in front of us uh and he's the first person who before the first date ended had set the second date and so you know his intention 
lines of, of like not disappearing <laughs> were very clear from the very beginning, which I had never really experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, and we met in May. We, we essentially moved in together by the end of the summer, but like officially moved in together when both of our leases were up at the end of that year. And um, <clears throat> we, we ended up getting married three years after we met. So it was a longer period than I think both of us thought, but there were, there were other circumstances in play that we had to, to deal with. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's how we met. That's, that's what my mindset was. It it really became a, I don't have anything that I have to prove to somebody else. And I just want to find somebody who I connect Uh, with. We have, there's some there's some similarities between our stories <laughs> with my partner so i've i've been with my partner for 7 years and he i also got to a point where i was loving my single life mm. yeah. where i had and it was it, it was it was a, it was a little bit different cause I had children. So I had that energy and, and I had two children that I had to take care of, but I never felt that I got to a point where I feel like I didn't need the male role model in my children's lives. Like I didn't, I mm. feel like I didn't have this void that I had to, that I had to fill. I, I felt like I was finally living my life the way that I wanted to live it. And I was doing what I yes. wanted to be doing. And I was loving, uh, the life that I was living. And I was, it's almost the exact same where I got (laughs) online because I was just like, I don't know. I even joined the free website. I was like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) And I went in with the same, the same viewpoint of being like, I'm not going into the state thinking this is the end all be all. And this person's going to be the one I went in to be in the moment, to be like, I'm just gonna have a connection today. Like that's how I viewed it where I was just like, I'm just gonna make a connection. I'm gonna meet someone really cool. I'm not gonna have these, I'm not gonna have this agenda or this weird checklist in my head. I'm just gonna walk in and I'm just gonna enjoy the company. And then whatever happens, happens. And it was the same thing where I think it was four hours. I think something uh-huh. we uh-huh. sat there and talked for a really long time. And I left with the same thing where I knew I wanted to talk to him again. But again, there wasn't, there is some release of pressure that we don't, we don't realize that that pressure, yes, we feel it from family and society, but really that pressure comes from us that we've yes, put on ourselves. Does. And then mm-hmm. once we realize that why do I, why am I putting this pressure on me? Why? Yeah. Why am I not walking on the pier and enjoying my cup of coffee? Why am I not having these experiences, enjoying being in the moment? Um, it's some, that is, that is a place of power. That is like, for me, it's taking the power back being like, this is Mm -hmm. my life and this is what I deserve. And I deserve to have these experiences and to be able to just celebrate being single and love being single. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with loving being single. Nothing wrong with loving no, being single. No, there's not. And it, there's there's nothing saying that you either can love being single or you can want to find a partner. I think that's something right. that people struggle with too. Like you, you could have both. Yes. Just because you love your single life doesn't mean you're committing to being single for the rest of it. That's not, it's not an either or. 
such a good point. I completely agree with you. And I, I have to mention too, when my clients, it's, uh, when my clients come to me and I always say, okay, where do you see yourself six months from now or, or 12 months from now? And I say, without a family yeah. or a boyfriend or a yeah. husband, like, let's talk about you. Cause I don't think women are given that permission either where they're like, wait, I just get to figure out my own goals. Like what I want to be doing with my life without incorporating someone else into it. And so you, everything that you're saying, Laura is, is see, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad we connected. Cause there's a lot of similarities so here. Um, so am I, <laughs> I, and I think too, it's important to know that. And I think just like what you said, everybody's story is different. Just be, you don't have to get to this certain point to be, to be able to have someone you don't have to, yeah. one of the messages that I love that you say is that you don't have to love yourself fully. To, to yes. be able to. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? I don't know. Yes, you must love yourself fully before anyone can love you. No, you are you are capable of being loved every damn moment. Yes, and I think that that's, I think that that's you know, when women understand that. Where because I've had clients come to me too, being like, "What if I don't feel like I love all of me?" And I'm like, mm -hmm. "No, no, it doesn't. You have to love yourself enough." to know yeah. what you are deserving of and what you want in your yes. life. And even so, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to allow people oh in our God. lives <laughs> that don't deserve. Yep. And then that's when we take a step back going, and that's why you should celebrate those toxic relate when you leave those toxic yes. relationships, because you're like, okay, I'm taking a step in the right direction where I'm loving myself. I, I get to figure <laughs> out, you know, what I am deserving exactly. of and what it is that I want. Um, so, Tell me with, so now I'm going to ask you your work that you do with women and, mm -hmm. and tell me, do you find a common theme with the single women that are coming to you? Like what are, what are their number one concerns? What are they, what are they searching for? What do you find is a, is a, what is common among all of your clients when they're with mm -hmm. the work that you're doing with them now? Well, I think one of the things that sticks out that I initially would have said, well, this is surprising. And then I think about it, I'm like, no, no, this is, it's actually, it's not surprising at all. A one of the most common themes that I hear, because we have this belief that this is our fault, that we're mm. doing something wrong. And so such a common feeling is I, I'm not attracted to people who are attracted to me. I'm not attracted to nice people. Like I, I'm only attracted to things, to ones that, that don't work out, or maybe I just don't, Maybe I'm just not, I, I, I'm not doing something right because sure there's this nice person here, but I'm not attracted to him. And it's just not, I, so you, you get this idea in your head that I, I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I was, cause I have, I had that feeling for sure when I was single. Um, but I think it has surprised me how many women have said that and have, have, are, are looking to that as a reason that they're still single. Mm. Well, I maybe it's just something wrong with me that I'm not, I'm not attracted to this person. And it's like, okay, how many people in this world are, are we capable of forming a lasting, meaningful, 
relationship that works for us that is that is unique to us and is perfect for us how hard is it to find friends we're not friends with everybody that we meet right and that's a friend that's not the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with potentially so how many people out there actually fit that mold not that many not that many and when we do meet the people that we aren't attracted to or that it's not going to work out with they're just not the person they're right. just, you just haven't met your person yet. Um, yes. and, and so trying to help pe- women let go of this idea that they're the ones doing something wrong mm. that is causing this. And it's just, oh my goodness, it's just not true. And, and, and it's, it makes so much sense that we all feel this way because those are the mainstream messages that are being sent to single women. The yes. resources, like when I was single and they're still out there way too much but most of the resources aside from work that you and i are doing and and the the few women who are also doing this type of work but it is how to find a husband in six weeks how what you know what i remember i would read all these articles like what are the best bars to meet men uh what are you doing wrong on the first date that's making making sure there's no second date or you know what 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 you how to dress the way men like, like all of these things, all these rules that are being put on us, which all tell us the underlying current of all of those things is you are doing it wrong. Let us tell you how to do it right. Right. We're not doing it wrong. There's no wrong way to date. There's no right way to date. There's your personal wrong way and your own personal way that's better, but that is by no means universal. And right. it, it, it feels like just such a common thing that I hear in the women that I work with is just this, this belief that they have developed that it's their fault mm. and they have to fix it. Right. And it usually involves fixing themselves or trying to fix themselves in ways yeah. that and I, when I used to, when I started doing my work, so I started doing this work back in 2014 and I noticed that more and more women were calling themselves broken. Like I'm broken, Mm -hmm. I'm broken as if something needs to be fixed about them. And I think it's really important to kind of switch that, that dot. I don't, I I try to, every time a woman tells me that she's broken, I have her reframe it because it's, it's not true. It's not, we, we've all had, yes, there's, a sequence of events and things that have happened to us that has led us up to this particular point. But I think you bring up a really, I think your message is an important one that needs to be heard, which is every woman is different. We're all unique. And just because something, if I go into a date and because I'm this way, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And I think the more we tell women that there's nothing wrong with her, the more we tell her just to embrace more of herself, whatever that looks like. Yeah that yeah the connection's going to be there because she's comfortable with who she is she's comfortable in her own skin to a certain degree i mean we're always there's some mm-hmm. things we're always going to be working on it <laughs> mm-hmm. we're always going to yep. see that one thing in the mirror where we're like oh forget it i'm not even going to bother i'm not even going to bother yep. today <laughs> um it's always a work in progress it doesn't matter and i think just giving her again to release that pressure and just let her know that the best thing she can do yeah. is to show up and be herself, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
whatever that is. Yep. Whatever that is. And I'm just, I'm so, so tired of these messages of, let me help you fix it. Let me help you to, let me tell you what to do, which the most powerful message that that sends is because right, if it's not working for you, then you're doing right. it wrong. And that's just, nope. Mm -mm. No, it just hasn't happened yet. It just, right. It just and hasn't happened. There's, there's so many factors that come into play. There's a person oh. that's sitting on the other side of the table. Who knows what they're showing up. Yeah. And, and I, you know, women, uh, women have, the women that I've worked with, they're, they immediately, if the date doesn't go well, or there's not a connection that's made, it's immediately her fault. Like I should have, I should have done yes. this. I should have said this, or maybe I shouldn't have said that. And I always have to take, I have to take them and take a step back and go, but is this your person? Like, okay, so you didn't make the connection mm -hmm. for a reason. You're not there to please them to make yes. sure that you can woo and wine and dine them so they like you. But let's ask you, do you like them? And usually the answer is yes. no. Usually they're like, well, not really. Well, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> Does yeah. not matter. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> doesn't matter it doesn't matter and you know these ideas of, of the rules and how you're supposed to follow them to 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 snag the one um if the rules don't speak to you and that's not how you would show up in real life then who is that person falling for if right. they are actually falling for you like that, right. that if that's not who you are like who you are is absolutely perfect and wonderful and whatever yes. perfect means it's as close as we get to perfect it is who you are there is nothing about it that needs to be hidden or changed because if he doesn't like it right why do you want to be with that person like you you the the person that that you your person is going to love all these things about you and you will be able to you can spend the rest of your life with this person because they're actually spending it with the real you oh my gosh i mean the definition of settling is basically letting all that go and just going for what is in front of you and letting them do the same thing thinking that maybe you are what you aren't that's not just settling on a relationship in a moment that is yes. settling for the rest of your life potentially um and yeah the best advice that i can give women which sounds it's not sexy but it is don't mm. be yourself. Don't hide right. the things that you don't think they're going to like because the right one, it's not going to be a deal breaker. Right. I totally agree with you. I, I, I'm sure maybe you've seen this, but women will even go to as far as like enrolling or <laughs> being involved in activities that they normally wouldn't have just to, yes, mm -hmm. to meet somebody. And then yeah. They start a relationship with them and then they get angry that this person is always involved in these other activities. And I'm always like, but what, yes. how was it when you first met? Like things normally don't change. Like what you see is what you get. And if you're changing your, yeah. who you are or what you're involved with in order just to catch somebody, uh, <clears throat> yeah. then, what? then what? Yes. Then what? If you, if, if you think, oh, I want a guy who's like, there's lots of guys who like to camp and who like to be super outdoorsy. So I'm going to do that. Okay. I can't camp for the rest of my life. I can't even camp for a night. But if I, if I snag a guy and that's Guess his what? life, like, oh, oh my God, I'm going to be miserable. <laughs> 
absolutely yes. miserable. <laughs> uh, um, I can't even believe we've been talking for over an hour. So I know. <laughs> okay. So let's, well, 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 let me ask you one last question. Mm-hmm. So if I, if, if I'm a woman who is 35, never been married, never been in a relationship and I feel that love is not for me or I'll never find love. What would you, what are your words to her? What are your, what, what would you, how would you help her get out of the rut that she's in? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing and the first thing is to say, it's really hard. It's really hard to be in a place where you didn't think you were going to be to want something so badly that you don't mm. have. Um, that is hard. It's, it's really hard. It's not something that you just need to get over or just, just start thinking positive. Um, because this is, this is, this is real. The feelings that you have are real. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to give ourselves the space to acknowledge what we are going through oh, that's and that really it's good. not just about, Oh, just change, just, just change your attitude. How many people told me that? Oh, I wanted to punch all of them. Um, but this is, this is tough stuff. And sometimes we have to grieve a life that we thought we were going to have. Mm. It doesn't mean that you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. But if you thought you were going to be married by 35, if you thought you were going to have the kids at that point, Sometimes we have to be able to give ourselves space to grieve that that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen that way. And that's okay. It's okay to, to be upset about that. It's okay to feel bad about that. Um, and once we are able to give ourselves that type of permission to say, to, to say, yeah, this is hard. This is really hard. My other friends don't understand this. They didn't have to go through it this way. I feel really alone and that is okay. That is normal. Um, and you're not alone. You are not Mm -hmm. alone. Um, and so the, the, I wish, I wish there was some perfect magic advice that could just make everything better. Um, but to understand that there is, there is nothing wrong with you. This Mm. is, this is your timeline. This is your path. It is unique. It is not going to look like anybody else's just like even your friends who seem to be doing all the milestones, their lives still don't look like everybody else's. Um, and that you and your life deserve to be celebrated right now and deserve to be enjoyed and lived and not, you are not in a temporary phase before becoming a couple. This is your life Mm. that you have created. And, uh, some days it's going to feel really good. And some days it's going to be tough. That's just, that's just how it goes. Um, but I truly believe that if, if you want to find somebody, if you are looking for that person, that you will find them there will there, it will happen again. We just don't know when. Right. And I would give you a hug. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Laura, you are such an incredible woman. Aww. I'm so I am so honored that you have decided to spend time with me today. I cannot cannot thank you enough for being a part of the show and 
I'm just so excited you're in my life. So oh, I think same. that this is the beginning of something beautiful. So yes. thank you again for being a part of the show. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you, Cad. It's been wonderful. See, was I right or was I right? Isn't she incredible? So you want to go follow her on all of the things, ladies, all of the things. So on Instagram, and I'll make sure and put all of this in the show notes. So all you have to do is do one click. So she's on Instagram at Laura B. Benke, and I'll spell that out for you. It's B-E-H-N-K-E. You can also go to her website, which is laurabenke.com, and you can also follow her podcast, which is the Life Actually podcast, and it's on all the streaming services. So please make sure and go like and follow and uh, be a part of her world. There, here's the thing when it comes to women supporting and encouraging other women. There is not enough of this around. And Laura and I, there's so many similarities between how we coach and the women that we attract that come into our worlds that we can help and assist and, and guide them on the journey of finding true love, which sometimes may be yourself. I just don't think there's enough of this. So... Thank you, Laura, from the bottom of my heart for allowing me an opportunity into your life, for sharing your story with all of us. I'm sure that there's a lot of women who listen to this who can really resonate with your message. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right, my loves. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And as always, if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to like, like subscribe and follow and click the bell so every time we upload a new episode you are the first to know and if you are listening on itunes or spotify will you subscribe that would be awesome and then of course if you're listening on itunes please make sure to rate and review that's how other women can find us here at the single women's society also if you are on facebook or instagram come and follow us at single women's society or come follow me at cat cantrell all right, my love, Laura's story is one that needs to be heard, shouted from the rooftops. It's never too late to find love. It's never too late. So I really hope that her message inspired you and just know that you're not alone. Okay, that's all I got for you today, my love. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, true love is waiting for you. And I will see you all next time. Bye.